Good morning. This is Sister Peter coming to you from the Eel, the Edwin Elder Library. And today we're on page 121 of Marvelous Mercy, the Shocking Truth About the Mercy of God by Robert E. Henson. Chapter 14. One gift that God values above sacrifice. In Hosea 6 and 6, we learn, For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. This brief verse of scripture gives some of the most enlightening insights into the heart and mind of God that can be found anywhere in the entirety of the Old Testament. This word from God through the prophet Hosea is profound. It is truly a revelation. The truth of this one Bible verse has far-reaching implications for our spiritual and natural lives. This one scripture has enough force packed into it to change the very face and focus of religion. The concepts presented here, if adopted, can literally revolutionize a person's relationship and walk with God. God intended when he spoke these poignant words to change the way people think and the way people live. This is high potency truth. Notice again carefully the introductory language of this verse. For I desired. This is the almighty God speaking. He is in the process of expressing what it is that he really wants out of human beings. His prescription for humanity is in two parts. Since the focus of this chapter will be on the first part of this divinely inspired prescription, I will take a moment before plunging into that subject to speak of the second part of this divine wish list. For I desired the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. The Lord is making a bold declaration that there is something He values far above animal sacrifices. Pause for a moment. Be reminded that it was the Lord through His servant Moses who instituted the animal sacrifices as part of religious worship service. But here and now in Hosea 6 and 6, God is affirming that the sacrifice of animals is not the ultimate goal, neither of personal devotions nor of corporate worship. The Almighty flatly states that what He is really wanting is that we human beings would come to the knowledge of God. The Lord doesn't wish for us to just know about Him. He desires, even longs, desires. He desired to desire that we come to truly know Him. The inherent idea here is that of a relationship. God deeply desires that you and I and others come into a deep and abiding relationship with Him. Now let us consider the first half of this divine prescription. Mercy is above sacrifice. Amen. So today as we point others to the cross, let's remember to extend mercy. To have mercy and forgiveness towards one another. Be ye kind, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Amen. So mercy is above sacrifice. Amen. That we present our bodies a living sacrifice before the Lord, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Will you have a great day? This is your host, Lisa Peter of the Ill, the Edwin Elder Library podcast. Bye-bye. Good morning. This is Sister Peter coming to you from the Ill, the Edwin Elder Library. And today we're on page 118 of Marvelous Mercy. The Shocking Truth About the Mercy of God by Robert E. Henson. A closer look at his hands, Mark 6 and 3 says, Is this not the carpenter? The only fragment we have of the biography of Jesus between ages 12 and 30 is wrapped up in these words, the carpenter. God chose to come to this world as a manual laborer. He, who could have chosen to be CEO of the world's largest corporation, chose to come as a carpenter. 
He made this choice to clearly and fully identify with the common people. It has been observed that Jesus spent six times as long working at a carpenter's bench than he did on public ministry. The normal workday during that period of time was 12 hours. They also had six-day work weeks. He worked steadily, 12 hours per day, six days per week, for 18 years. Jesus no doubt handled heavy lumber. Justin Martyr, who lived shortly after the apostles lived, informs us that Jesus used carpentry tools to make farm plows and yokes for oxen. He probably also made pieces of furniture. Yes, those were his hands at work. While teaching one day, Jesus stated, My yoke is easy. He knew a lot about yokes. He certainly knew how to make them. If a yoke was not constructed properly, it would chaff the neck of the oxen. An easy yoke was one that didn't agitate the neck of the animals. Jesus tells us all Jesus tells all would-be disciples that his yoke is easy. In other words, it won't agitate you as you go through life. You won't chaff after, under his yoke. The reason that he made this yoke with his own hands. His hand, hands were strong hands. His hands were developed by years of manual labor in a carpenter shop. His hands were muscular and had a powerful grip. His hands can perform any task that you need done in your life. At Calvary, they crucified Jesus. They put a sturdy nail through the palm of each hand. His hands, which were so pure and clean and strong, now bear a disfiguration. His hands are now now, nail scarred. After his resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples. He looked deep into their eyes in the heart of doubting Thomas and said, Behold my hands. I offer you Jesus. Behold his hands. He has a long reach. His hands can heal your body. More importantly, Jesus can forgive your sins and he can save your soul. The songwriter Randy Phillips put the message like this, No one can touch you like Jesus can. No one can give you peace you cannot understand. No one can bind your wounds with nail-scarred hands. No one can touch you like Jesus can. Marvelous mercy. Amen. And yesterday, as I was going through some of my husband's binders uh, to type out some of his sermons to put into the book I'm writing about him, um, there was a piece of paper folded in there, a couple pieces of paper, and some of them was um, looked like he had been starting to write a song or, or, or a poem or something, but there was a, just a piece of paper with his hand. Uh, he had copied his hand from a copy machine, and <laughs> looking at that, looking at his hand, I'm like, I wonder what he did that for. And then I looked a little bit at the notes, and he was talking about how we all have different handprints. We all have different thumbprints. So he was right, and he was doing something about that. But now I've got a copy of his hand. He's been gone two years and two months. Today makes two months. November the 2nd. He died September the 2nd of 2021. So two years and two months. I've got a copy of my husband's hand. Who knew? Who knew what other mysteries and treasures I might unfold as I go through these things? But it's like, you know... My husband also was a carpenter. Well, he did several different things, but he did he worked with wood. His dad was a cabinet maker, and, and my husband um, took uh, wood uh, class in, in school. He made a couple of chests, like jewelry boxes and um, a chair, different things like that. But over the years, he made all kinds of things for us. Uh, he made my backdrops. He liked to do wood burning also, different things like that. So, but now I got a copy of my husband's hand. Of course, you all can't see it because it's just audio, but I'll probably show a picture of it somewhere. 
um, I, I was thinking about maybe making several copies of his hand, his of his copied hand, make some copies and laminate it and give it to each of the kids. They can have something to high five, <laughs> hanging on their wall and high five it. But anyway, talking about Jesus's hands today, his marvelous mercy that he would reach down for someone like you and me, and that he would bless us and and direct us and care for us. So today, let's have mercy for others as we keep pointing others to the cross. Jesus is coming soon. Love you all. This is Sister Peter, your host of The Ill, the Edwin Elder Library podcast. Bye-bye.